Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Madden Voice. 
Yes, sir. Uh, 100% no, but climbing back to it, and, and I agree, I concur with you. Was it a good game? Absolutely. Best of all time? No, I wouldn't even get the top five, but it was a very a very good game, tale of two halves. Um, it, well, we'll get into the details, but, yeah, definitely tale of two halves. So um, interesting game, and we'll have some interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A very interesting game. Um, different kind of game. And, you know, um, it, 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 it was a Super Bowl. You know, the good news is it was a Super Bowl. There was hype. Um, the bad news is um, football's over. Yeah, football's over. That's the bad news. It is February, and um, no more competitive football for six months. You know, I, and, and, and I didn't plan on going there, but I, I just have to say, you know, basketball starts, you know, sometime around in October, goes all the way till June. You know, baseball starts, you know, sometime during the month of March, goes all the way to October. I know they play both more games in both sports, but for crying out loud, you know, it just doesn't seem fair that you get, literally you get, Four months of regular season, one month of playoffs, Super Bowl, and then you're done for six months. And that's it. And really, you really, it's seven months. I mean, if you look at it, it ends the beginning of February, which is the second month of the year, and we, we get, you know, preseason games in, in uh, you know, August. But, who, I mean, who cares? Hall of Fame game, who cares? It, it, you care because it's football. So you watch it, but it, it, it's – it, you know, you don't get the starters until the third game really playing, you know, any meaningful, you know, they're going to play a series here, a series there, then they're out. Then the third, it's the dress rehearsal, right? So they may play a half or two and a half quarters, or, or if it's the Browns, they may play the whole game, right? You know, and then, and then you got the fourth game where nobody plays. So preseason don't count. And then you got Labor Day weekend, somewhere around there, and you get into football. So really, seven months of no competitive football. That's just not fair. I don't know what the solution is. I, 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 have no, I have no suggestions on how we fix that. But for us football purists, it just sucks to go seven months without any real football. Now I know we've got the combine and free agency and the draft and OTAs and many There's football activity. You know, if you follow your team, there's, you know, coaches are getting fired and hired and people are leaving. And uh, I get it. There's, but it's not competition. You know, you know, you pay attention to it if you're a football fan, a true football fan. But we don't get a game again until Labor Day. And what is Labor Day? Like the unofficial end of summer. And we still in winter. That's how far we got to wait. You know, I, I don't have an answer. It just sucks. That's all I got to say about that. And we've got K-Star. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, fellas? Hey, stars in the house. Yes, sir. So, you know, let's just jump right in. Let's jump right in. I just, this will not be a long show, but it'll be a meaty show. So, uh, you know, Jay, I'm going to start with you. JB, I'm going to start with you. One takeaway. Again, I don't want to rehash the whole game. It's Tuesday. Everybody knows what went on in the game. So I don't really want to, like, rehash the whole game. But let's talk about some outcomes. Let's talk about some outputs. Let's talk about some things we learned from this game. Jay, what is, give me one takeaway from this game, you walked away with one takeaway. What would the one takeaway be? 
that's an easy one. It ain't over till it's over. I mean, that's as simple as it, as it goes. And we watched it together. We both sat there next to each other, looked at each other when the score was 21 to three at halftime, and it was 28 to three. When it was 28 to nine, we both said, "This game is far from over. Far from over." So, if you want to say what's the single biggest takeaway? You have to play the full game. You simply have to play the full game, and you can't let up. Once you have that foot on the throat, you can't let off of it because this is what happens. This, this is why teams tend to, I guess, as I, uh, air quote would say, run up the score because you never know what's going to happen next. And that thing called momentum, that thing can swing at any second. So uh, you have to play the full game. You can't let up at all. Okay. Um, K-Star. What do you think? One takeaway. Uh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. I mean, like, put like this, when I was watching the game and Atlanta was up as much as they were, I honestly didn't feel like the game was over. I know a lot of people did, but I was watching and I was like, no. I just kept thinking myself, Tom Brady isn't going to go out like that, you know, flailing on a tackle. And I knew that they were going to get on the scoreboard. I knew they were at least going to make it a game. I didn't know necessarily they were going to come back and win, but I knew that for sure it was going to end in a competitive, uh, competitive result. And surely enough, that's what happened, and then some. And also, I feel like Tom Brady might even play defense in, this, in the aspect that people get shook, you know, against Tom Brady. I mean, we see it time, time and time again where quarterbacks seem to play down a little bit uh, when they play Tom Brady, who always seems to be just uh, explosive um, in, in so many different ways. And we other, we often see quarterbacks, even my, my own, um, Big Ben, Peyton Manning, uh, Philip Rivers, the list goes on and on. Quarterbacks who've underperformed relative to their typical level of play when they play the Patriots, and, and clearly some of that's on Belichick's defense. But I do think a lot of that too is just the fact that you know who's on the other side, and that's intimidating. And I think we saw that with Matt Ryan a little bit too. So it's just for me, it's all Tom Brady. The guy is just unreal. That was some stuff I don't think we'll ever see again, uh, ever. Okay. Um. So this this leans into my next question, and I'll stay with K-Star. Did New England win, or did Atlanta lose? New England won. The reason why, uh, and of course, they both have to happen at least a little bit, but I would lean more towards New England winning. Just because, think about it, New England's down 28-3. to I believe everyone in the world was pretty surprised by that by that score, we all knew, or at least a lot of people knew, that they would make a comeback, New England would, because they're a much better team than what they displayed. Surely enough, they did. We saw Atlanta's defense and their offense honestly play over their head against New England's defense and offense the first half of the game. They, they, over, they outperformed themselves. New England underperformed. Then you saw the pendulum swing the other way. Um, and you saw, most specifically, New England convert – two two-point conversions, which means they had to make some plays in those spots to even make it a game. Um, but I was, you know, of course, both happened to a degree, but I would lean more towards New England finally showing up. JB, same question. Uh, I would actually lean a little bit more towards the Falcons losing just because of, of what started to occur in the second quarter when you started having a ton of defensive penalties on third downs having those defensive hold calls by the defensive backs, you could start to see things shift a little bit. And, and I, was, I was watching and I was cringing because you cannot give Billy those kinds of opportunities. Even if he doesn't cash in on them, you can't give him those kind of opportunities, and they did. 
the second thing is, in my three keys to, to winning was turnovers, penalties, and time of possession. And if you look at the time of possession numbers as the game continued to go on, it started to lean more and more in, in New England's favor by almost uh, two to one. So that defense is starting to wear down because the offense just wasn't staying drive. And they need to run the ball more when you're up. You run the ball to wear down the defense. And some of the play calling that, that occurred, a little questionable. Uh, I think the defense started to wear down. I think on the, the Patriots side, I think they started to figure out a few things on on offense, on Atlanta's offensive scheme that helped them. But I really believe uh, the, some of the play calling, the, turn, the, the, the penalties, the time of possession, and, and just costly minimal mistakes is really what did the Falcons in. All they had to do was, was run the ball or at least convert when uh, Julio Jones made that absolutely outstanding uh, toe-tapping catch. Just come away with three points, and they couldn't even do that. So give, give the Patriots credit for that, but also you got to look at the Falcons, again, shooting themselves in the foot for mistakes that they really didn't need to make that cost them the game. Mm. All right, we're going to bring Dr. Train on. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. Yo, what's up, fellas? We're going to jump right in. Same questions for you, Train. Um, Your takeaway from the game, one takeaway from the game, and did Atlanta lose it or did New England win it? Oh, man. Man, one takeaway. Shucks. That's a good one. There's like a million of them. Uh, Pick one. I'll answer the first I answer the first question <laughs> the last question first. As far as did Atlanta lose it or did New England uh win it? Honestly, man, I'ma go I'm I'm gonna have to go fifty fifty because that was uh that that they didn't need to make a bunch of plays, they just need to make one extra play. And they didn't. Just keep just keep them just keep just keep New England within you know, uh with two scores versus one. And they and they couldn't do it. It was one. It was two crucial drops. Of course, the one with the turnover. The one JB just talked about. Jones made a really nice catch, and they got down. So um, I, I would say it's, it was it's definitely both. Because you saw you saw New England tighten up uh, in the set later on in the second half, and uh, uh, it showed. And Tom Brady, as, as many chances you give him, he'll do what he can with the ball. Uh, and man. Uh, White, that dude—he <laughs> should have been MVP. But I guess if you throw for almost 500 yards in the Super Bowl, I guess they got to give it to you. Uh, one key thing: um, if I say one key thing, it's it's situational football. Um, Atlanta knows how to strike quick, and they did exactly. Uh, what I thought when once the lightning start hit, they 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 started striking. I was surprised to see the first first quarter go scoreless, but after that, I started to see that their their offense click. Um, and and for sure, I didn't think New England would find a way to get back in this game. But that one possession where Atlanta really needed to come away with at least three points to me is purely situational football. You don't need the touchdown. You don't you don't need to keep your foot on the uh, on the metal uh fell to the floor. You just you need to score. You just need to score there. Cuz then it's a two-score game 
and it's still and it's not a, and it, and it's less time for them to for them to come back. They just needed to score, and the play calling in that particular situation uh, definitely should have been thought out a bit more. I think uh, as as much as Bill Belichick teaches situational football, that's one situation that I know uh, Kyle Shanahan wish he would have back. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, here's where I'm at. Uh, number one, first and foremost, Atlanta chokes. So, I mean, it, 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 I ain't taking away anything from New England, but Atlanta chokes. You're up 28 to three halfway through the third quarter, and you lose. That's a choke job in any in any language in any sport. That's a choke job. You, you need a field goal to, to win the game. You need one more possession, one more first down, one more something. Ain't no the, it just, the 85 Bears defense ain't that good to prevent that for a quarter and a half. In the second half of the game, come on, Atlanta choke. Period. Let's just call it like it is. And my takeaway is, I was right about Matt Ryan. I told y'all, I didn't believe in him. I told you. He put up 28, looked like, looked like Tom Brady, looked like he switched jerseys for two and a half quarters. Then what happened? He did exactly what I thought he might do. And he showed me that he ain't the MVP, shouldn't have been the MVP of the league, number one. That's, that was just ridiculous. And number yes, two, he, he ain't. No, he should not have been. Yes, he did. No, he should not have been. <laughs> the game showed you he shouldn't have been the MVP of the league. Period. What did he do this year? Yeah, he been done before. Get the hell out of here. I would have gave it to Brady over him, and I don't think Brady should have won it because he missed four games. But I still would have gave it to Brady over him. Get the hell out of here. What did he do? He showed who he really is. I ain't a hater. I no, 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 no. That would be you, Mr. K Star. You're the hater. I bet I have said if I was a hater, then I would be slipping. I have said it, tell me I haven't said from day one, as long as you can go back, and I don't believe in Matt Ryan. As long as we've been doing this show, I have said it. Have I not? You were have consistent with it, but the you okay, were consistent so with it, but dude had one literally one one game this year where he didn't play very, very, very awesome, and now we're going to use that as the basis wait, wait, of wait, 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 Ryan. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One game? You had to like this week 13 of the regular season. This is the fucking Super Bowl. Talking about one game. It's a regular season MVP award. They're different. What are you talking about? He had one game where he didn't play. It was the Super Ugh. Bowl. Dude, this is I think you. I think you. If you can't bring it here, retire. But in regards to the awards, though, it is it is a regular season, regular season award. award. That's that's a big. It really is a regular. Season award. Hey, 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 guys! How naive yeah. are you guys? Are y'all naive or are y'all football people? When We're do not, they give no, the award? Wait, wait. We, no, well, let me finish. It, let, you know what, guys? I didn't interrupt any of you when y'all talk. I didn't interrupt you guys. So let me make my point. When did he get the award? The night before the Super Bowl. I know what they say. It's a regular season award. I know that. I've been watching football longer than all y'all. I know that. But when do they do they do it at the end of the regular season? Nope. They are they give it the night before the Super Bowl. Think about that. You mean to tell me that the playoffs there's no impact? How many times does someone win the MVP 
that didn't make the playoffs almost never. I think Adrian Peterson may have done it once because he ran ran for 2,000 yards. So that was pretty slam dunk. Other than that, when you they tossed up made the playoffs that year. Okay, well, there you they, go. They made, yeah, they made the playoffs. Well, there you go then. It is rare that an NFL MVP ain't in the playoffs. It is rare. So, yes, on paper, when they advertise, yes, it's a regular season award. I get that. But trust me, they're looking at playoffs. They're looking at how you did the playoffs. Okay? Trust me. Okay? And, and so what I'm telling you is my takeaway is that I was right about Matt Ryan. He had a great season statistically. They went, you know, 11-5, and five, number two seed. But what happened at the end? You, you, you couldn't get enough points. You got 28. I mean, what happened? Now, again, I don't put all that on Matt Ryan. I don't put it all on Matt Ryan. But I'm telling you, you're up 28-3. You run the ball four times the rest of the game. You're nine years in the league. You're the quarterback. You can audible out of any call that they give you. And you run four times the rest of the game with a 25-point lead. Some of that's got to go on Matt Ryan. Maybe not all of it. Yeah. Some of it. it, it. Some of it is going to be I think quarterbacks, they get too much credit when things go well and they get too much of the blame when things go bad. That's just the nature of the position. Uh, quarterbacking is, is, a, is a tough tough deal. I'll put some of it on Ryan. I won't put all of it on him, but, I mean, that's just how it goes with being a quarterback in the NFL. Well, and hey, we, it was to what you said earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say, if if you put – um, Green Bay in that situation. And they were kind of in that situation against Dallas. They pulled it out. Okay? You put Pittsburgh in that situation. I don't think Ben loses. You put Drew Brees in that situation. With talent. I'm not saying the current team. You put them in a situation and give them 25-point lead. I don't think these guys – heck, I don't even think that Prescott. And I could be wrong. I only played one year, so uh, that's just my opinion. But based on what I saw this year, I don't think that Dak Prescott loses. You figure out a way. I get it. You don't play defense. I get that. I understand that. So the Atlanta defense has some culpability here. I get it. But you're getting another possession every time New England scores. And every time, 28-3, 28-9, 28-12, 28-20. Twenty-eight, twenty. I mean, you're getting a possession back. And in there somewhere, there was a couple of times New England didn't score. So you're getting possessions here. I'm just saying all of this hype about Matt Ryan, and I have been very consistent to say it's too much hype. He had a great season, but he is not a great quarterback. He's good, but he ain't great. And personally for me, I wouldn't give him that. I wouldn't give him an MVP. I, I, and I've been consistent. I just don't think he, I, uh, I think he's overrated. I, I just don't like the fact that you're saying he's undeserving. Like that's the only I, said I really have with it. I'm not really disagreeing with most of what you're saying, but I mean the dude was literally amazing. I mean I know it's hard to believe because his first name's Matt, his last name's Ryan, and that's two first names, and just isn't really sexy at all. But <laughs> I mean the guy was on fire this season. I mean any way you look at it, they this team had the top ten scoring offense of all time. Like it was insanely. Uh, it was it was so, better than the Rams' uh, greatest show on turf, you know, on a, on a poor score, score for score basis. The Rams' greatest show on turf season. did it for over. 
The Rams' greatest show on turf did it I'll for multiple one years. So don't, let's, let's, let's uh, you can't do that. It's a, that's not a fair comparison. They come back and do it two, three more MVP. years. We're talking about him as an MVP. Okay. All I'm, my only point of contention is saying that he didn't deserve it, which I disagree with completely. Okay, but and, and, and first of all, I'm sticking by what I said. And second of all, you can't, I'm telling you, you're making a comparison off of one season to a team that did it three, four, five seasons. So it's not a fair comparison. Bring that comparison back if they do it over the next two or three seasons. Then you can come back and say, wow, look at what they're doing. I put them on the same level as the greatest show on turf, on the same level as Kurt Warner, now Hall of Famer, former league MVP, Marshall Falk, former league MVP. Okay, you got my attention. But one season, don't get my attention. And, yes, statistically it was a great season. They got the number two seed. They went to the Super Bowl. But where to get them? 28-3 lead against the juggernaut Patriots, and you couldn't close the deal. You got to close that deal, baby. You got you to close. Hell, Eli Manning would have won that game. I don't like Eli Manning, but he would have won that game. You got to close that deal. Because you know why? Let me tell you all something. Okay? Something that, something that certain players have learned, like um, – Dan Marino, right? You don't all. You may never get another shot, baby. You can't sit there and assume we gonna regroup and we gonna be back here next year. The only guy who might be able to say that and we can't say nothing to him is Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady might be able to say that because God dog it all. He's been there seven times, one five. So if he want to say, hey, I'm gonna be right back here next year, I can't say nothing to the man. But ain't nobody else in the NFL can say that. No one can say that. Even our four horsemen, the most they have is two. Ben got two. That's it. Everybody else sitting there with one. Eli got two, but we know Eli ain't great. Eli, all right. So when you get that opportunity, man, you got, you got to close that deal. And they didn't close that deal. Now, here's my next question. I, I, set, I set this up for a reason. Can Atlanta come back from this? Is this the type of, you know, is, is this the type of law that's going to haunt them and create problems down the road, confidence and that kind of stuff. Can they return? Can they come back next year and do it all over again and be a contender in the NFC? Maybe not can. Let me not ask can because can is hypothetical. Can is do they have the talent? Do they have the coaching? We already know the answer to all that is yes. So that's a stupid question. The answer is will they? Come back next year Or did this loss in your opinion Is this loss going to stick so much That they're going to do a Carolina Because Carolina didn't come back Even though everybody thought they would Carolina tanked mm-hmm. this year So which route do they go Do they go the route of a Seattle Or do they go the route of a Carolina Let's start with you Dr. Train on that one I appreciate that I want to step in there uh, Yes to tell in the last conversation. I, I don't agree with them getting uh, the, the MVP award necessarily because uh, to me, when I look at Atlanta, and that's the reason why I'm not giving him uh, so much big of a blame for this loss, is that they had a, I mean, you talk about team, they had a really good team. And he had a ton of offensive weapons. And Kyle Shanahan was doing a superb job at the OC all year long. But that also is the reason why I think they may have some issues getting back to the next year because their OC just jumped ship and got a head coaching position. 
and they replaced him with a guy. And my thing is, this is now now this is a brand new offense. So the only consistent part is the defense. So if you see improvement to the defense, maybe yeah, they can they can get back. But we all know what did it for them this year. It was it was it was their consistent offensive play that allowed them to get over a hump in games that their defense didn't show up. So I, I have question marks about them actually getting back to this point next season because it's not easy coming out of the coming out of the NFC at all. Let me, but let me ask you a question, Train, before we go to the other guys. I get what you're saying, and I can't disagree with you on this. You actually make a valid point. But do we think, and they, they brought in the guy from Alabama, okay, do we really think that they're going to change what was successful to suit the OC, or are they going to ask the OC who's coming up from college? Now, granted, he's coming from Alabama, so he's coming in with some, you know, with some moxie, okay? But, you know, he wasn't. You know, Jay can correct me on this. Um, he wasn't there very long, right, Jay? Because the other guy left. So, um, so he wasn't there very long. Am I wrong? Did we lose? Did we lose you, JB? All right. You mean the guy that came up from Alabama? He yeah, wasn't. Uh, like, yeah. He only. He only he did. He only promoted. did one game. Right. Yeah, that was the right. championship game. So right. Right. So so my 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 point is. I'm not sure. And normally you're right. When they hire a new offense coordinator, he installs his system. They they hire him. You know, Marks, right? Marks comes in, West Coast, uh, Zampezi, all these off- offensive girls, Shanahan, Isaiah Coat, right? They install their system. That's why they get hired. I'm not so sure that that will be the case with Atlanta. It could be. But to me, it's like, you know, and statistically, K-Star was right. Statistically, one of the best offenses, you know, the NFL has ever seen. Points-wise, yards-wise, all of that. So I'm not sure they're going to they're gonna change the offense to suit the coordinator. I think the coordinator's going to, you know, they might throw in a couple of wrinkles. But I think the coordinators have to come in and learn their system and then adapt it to what he knows. And I think you're, we're going to see a very similar, very similar system um, next year. I think his job is going to be to learn the system and then to be able to do those in-game adjustments and game-to-game adjustments because now people got tape on you, right? We always talk about the NFL. It's not for long. It's mm-hmm. just So now there's a year of tape on what you did. The two running backs, you know, Jones and Sanu, and got tape on you now. They're going to be sitting there, Seattle, Dallas, Green Bay, you know, Carolina, all these teams sitting there. Okay, we got to keep our eye on Atlanta. We're watching film. We get right. ready for them next year. So I'm, I guess well, we'll see, but – I. I have a feeling it's going to be a very similar run system. Well, there are two, there are two, there are two, 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 two things about that. All right, and it could go, it could go, it could go good, it could go bad. I just read an article recently, you know, keeping up with my own team, that one of the hiccups that Chicago made is when we, when Lovey, when Lovey went out, Tresman came in. Well, Mel Tucker became his DC, and instead of Mel Tucker being allowed to put in his defense. He had to learn the four three, the cover two that Lovey Smith left behind. Reason being is because the personnel was already set up that way. So this dude came in with the question mark of setting up, almost being set up for him. And of course, he wasn't successful in Chicago as you know. As the next few years, our our, our defense went to all time lows. You know what I'm saying? In in, in every category. So the thing right. is is. It, it, it creates pressure on on this guy to come in 
and learn the offense that wasn't his, you know what I'm saying? And maybe there is similarity to what he knows and what this offense does. Uh, but for the players, I mean, for the benefit of the players, yeah, you should. You want to keep as much of the same offense as possible because continuity uh, with the players, it's, really easy, it's easier for one guy to learn, to, to, to learn, to learn new information than for a bunch of guys <laughs> who have to work right, together. Right. To learn right. new information, so hopefully that's the route they take. But I just still have question marks. When you change, when you change right. those seats, especially for something that you you built up to numbers. I mean, your offense was a powerhouse. Now that guy's right. gone, and you didn't promote in house, you went outside. I would be right. more, I would be more inclined to say them definitely getting back to that point if it was in house promotion. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, and, and, I mean, and let's just remember this, guys. I mean, they, what were they, 11-5 and five in a regular season? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, K-Star's calling me a hater over there, whatever. I mean, I'm not a hater. I'm just 11-5 and five for that kind of offense. I mean, that is a historically great offense. Teams usually do like 14-2, and 11-3, and, I mean, 13-3, uh, uh, 12-4, and 11-5. You should be winning more games with that kind of offense and Dan Quinn, formerly of Seattle defense. So, you know, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Because when we saw, you know, when, when Peyton Manning was, was doing the gaudy numbers as he was doing, I mean, he was running 13-3 and three teams. You know, Brady, 13-3, and 14-2 and two teams. This, this is what you're getting. These guys did 11 and 5, which was good enough to get a first round bye. But you would expect more. You would expect a higher uh, uh, record. I would at least. I don't know. Um, I, I forgot yeah. what my original question was. K Star, it was uh, is Atlanta going to, uh, will they return to form next year or are you expecting a drop off, K Star? Uh, I think that they'll return to form in the sense that they'll be a playoff team. I mean, the Shanahan lost first, but T, I agree with you that it would make the most sense for their offense coordinator to adapt that same philosophy. I mean, they had that offense install for a couple of couple of years. Matt Ryan's a smart guy. I'm sure he can, you know, even teach that new coordinator some things about the Shanahan O. Um, so it'll be best, you know, it's in their best interest to keep that same scheme, which I believe they will because – of their, you know, high-level successes here. So, I mean, again, the reason why I think that they're going to be uh, in the playoff mix is because when you look at the NFC, you see Green Bay, of course you see Dallas. Um, the Giants have such a strong defense, but, you know, it's kind of been a crapshoot in, in the sense that every single year uh, there have been some new NFC teams emerging in playoff contention, and I think that there's just been a lot of drop-off in general from the NFC's of the ball, with the exception of Seattle, um, in in Green Bay, you know, in terms of consistency. But I think that they have that with their current weapons. I mean, Julio Jones is inarguably a top two or three receiver in the league. Uh, you have Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. They're coming back next season. That is an, an awesome, awesome tandem. You know, they have one of the best offensive lines of football. And defensively, we saw them get better throughout the uh, later, later stages of the season. And we even saw some guys, some really, really young players. They had some, a bunch of rookies and second-year players starting for them. Some linebacker in particular, Deion Lewis, has really 
really uh, uh, exciting player to watch. Um, and they were out, they were actually without Marcus Trufant, their best cover corner throughout uh, over half the season. So I mean, I, what basically I think that their defense will continue to get better because Dean Quinn's a defensive guy. We saw it progress throughout the season. So I think that even if their offense drops off, which I mean, I, I think it will drop off. They're not going to have another historic season. That just law of averages says it won't happen. But if their defense picks up the slack, I think that and I think that it will. Then I think they'll still be a playoff team. I mean, maybe Carolina. Maybe team that can push them in the division. You know, I don't think that Atlanta's a lock to win their division by any means, but I do think that they will certainly will be a wild card team. Um, you know, unless they get struck by an injury bug next season. Uh, I think that are. I mean, they have a young nucleus, so I think they have a really good foundation one way or another. Despite this horrible, horrible historic loss. Yeah, I mean, I think in the you know, uh, you know, when you look at their division, it's so unknown. You don't know what Tampa's going to be next year. You don't know what New Orleans is going to be next year. You don't know what Carolina is going to be next year. So I think for that reason, their division has more questions than answers. They have a chance of being competitive. I just think when, you, when you're going to look at the elite NFC teams, you're going to look at Green Bay, you're going to look at Seattle again, and you're going to look at Dallas. I think those are going to be your three elite teams coming out of the NFC. And I just – I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to stick by what I've said. Till he proves me wrong, I don't believe in Matt Ryan. I think he's good, but I'm not going to put him on, you know, the level of, you know, uh, you know, the other guys that we know are elite in the NFL. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't put Dak elite yet because he's only played one season, so he's got to come back and show it to me the second season. We got film on you, Dak. Defense is going to be coming at you. Let's see what happens next year. But if Dak comes out next year and plays well and does it, then, then, then we may have to have that conversation about a guy that's first two years in the league and the things that he's done. Um, and if the Cowboys win a division and give it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not seeing that from Matt Ryan. It's one year. So Matt's got to come back and do it all over again. They got to have a strong season. They got to go 11 5, 12 4, 13 and 3. They've got to be dominant. And, and get a first-round buy. They've got to show that consistency. And then I will then say, okay, maybe Matt Ryan was a late bloomer, but maybe he's showing me something. But right now, I feel like <laughs> I was right. I said I'm rooting for Atlanta. I'm picking New England. I said the score would be 31-28. to 28. It was 34-28. to 28. I said I will not bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I didn't bet against Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, even though I can't stand them both. And that's the reason why Commissioner T is the omniscient one. That's all I got to say about that. Speaking of Tom Brady, so there's a lot of scuttlebutt on Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time. A lot of people are saying that, yep, you know, you can't deny it. So I posted something where I said I now finally give Brady the edge over um, Montana. And I will now say that Brady, after this game, to me, is the best quarterback of all time. But it's an edge. And I want to clarify that he didn't jump and slam dunk ahead of him because he got his five, his fifth Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. There is another guy in the NFL that has five Super Bowls as a starter, maybe not as a starting quarterback, 
but as a starter, as a significant contributor to his team. He didn't. He wasn't Robert Ory, who was you know sixth, seventh, eighth man on some of those teams and got a ring. Charles Haley was a superstar on all five of those uh, championship teams. All five of them, significant contributor. Now Hall of Famer. So I get it. No quarterback has done it before. He's played in seven. That's not been done before. Not taking anything away. But sometimes the Internet just runs away with stories and forgets. Wait a minute, slow down. Because I have read where they said he's the only player. And then some people jumped in and correct said, no, that's not true. And, I, and then there was a meme of Charles Haley walking around with five trophies. Like, yeah, so this has been done before on a player level, just not as a starting quarterback and certainly not with the same team. And – and I'm really surprised K-Star didn't notice this because I created a meme of my own because I really got sick of all of this New England fanfare. And I live here in Connecticut. I live in New England. So I had to deal with it more than all y'all put together. And I just got sick of it. Um, you know, and, and my, my, my K-Star, you didn't see it on my wall? I really thought you'd be the I first one to comment. Wow. I have not. I got to look for it now. Yeah, you're not. I think yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of it's kind of out there, it's clean for the eye to see. In case so, you're probably smiling when you do see it. Okay, so I go look at it real quick because I want your comment on my meme about Super Bowl championships. Go ahead, go ahead, go, go, go. look. It's All there. Right. Can't miss it. You can't miss it. Pull it up. Pull it up right now. Come on, hurry up. We're live. Come on, we ain't got all day. So I play my Jeopardy music. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. All right. On your page. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody out there, oh, this if you're is listening beautiful. to the show, this is beautiful. If you're listening to the show, great. my name is Terrence Floyd. Beautiful smile, Terrence Floyd. Look it up. I put it out there, and it's real. It's real simple. You gotta. Hey, I have said this is awesome. Football integrity. You love this. Football integrity. Okay. And all of this hype about the Patriots. All of this hype. They've got five Super Bowl champions. Brady's got five, which is great. It's great. But wait a minute. First of all, there was another team that had five before everybody. Let me just put that out there. And this was 20 years ago that they got their fifth Super Bowl. Now it would be my very own Dallas Cowboys. Eight appearances, five Super Bowls. So slow down with all the pomp and circumstance around the Patriots now getting there 22 years later, 21 years later. Okay? And secondly, giving credit where credit is due, there's a team that actually has six. There's a team that has six, eight appearances, six rings, and that would be K-Star's very own Pittsburgh Steelers. So Yeah, I'm sharing your post. Yeah, the way you should because it's, it's shareable. Um, my meme just has Bob Kraft talking to Jerry Jones saying, Jerry, we just won our fifth football. Jerry Jones saying, what took you so long? And then Dan Rooney holding a trophy looking, saying, you guys are cute. <laughs> and I created that. And it should, it should, it should, it needs to spread like wildfire because it's the truth. And I want fans, see, when you're a fan, you got to look at a Pittsburgh and say, I want what they have. I want number six if you're a Cowboy fan, right? I want the next step. Train wants another Super Bowl. Train ain't had one since 85. He wants another Super Bowl. He wants a championship. You know, K-Star sitting over there saying, I want number seven, right? This is what you strive for. 
And New England fans, I get it. This is your moment to shine. Be happy you won the game for your, for your team. But slow down with all of this greatest, great this and great that. Hey, I will admit Tom Brady right now edges out Montana in my book. Is there any dispute on this, on this show right now about that? Does anybody feel differently? Tom Brady, number one quarterback of all time. Because if you do speak up now, if not, I'm moving on. I mean, let me. He pulls it out. You got to give him the edge if he pulls it out. And he pulls it out. So, like I said, I said this one week ago to the day, and he did what he said he was going to do, and I'm doing what I'm saying I was going to say. Got to give him the edge because of it. I'll just put it to you this way. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the greatest quarterback of all time because I really did not watch football uh, that much in the era in which you watched it, T. So even though I knew about Joe Montana, I really didn't pay as much detailed attention to as much as I as, as much as I paid attention since I've gotten older and since I've been watching and been in tune to football. Tom Brady has been. I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I don't really want this one from that category. Yeah, and that's cool. And you know what? There are people that still hold on to Tom, uh, Joe Montana, and I can't argue it because, you you, you know, just, just in brief, you have to have watched the games. NFL Films isn't going to do it. You had to have watched the games season in and season out like I did to really appreciate the greatness of Joe Montana in an era where – a very different era of football than today. Yeah, Joe Montana absolutely. in today's rules, oh, my God. Okay? Tom Brady back then, I don't know. He may have still been just as great because he's that good, maybe. I don't know. But I know you put Joe Montana today, where if you breathe on the quarterback, it's roughing the passer, get the hell out of here. Put Terry Bradshaw in today. You know, it, it's it, it's errors, so it's it is hard when guys look at stats and say, "Well, look at it's deeper than stats. It's command of the game. It's wins. It's 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 the ability. I mean, four and zero in a Super Bowl. Four and zero. I'm sorry, but four and zero statistically is better than five and two. So I get it. I'm just saying, having seen both of them play, one's played 16 years, one just finished 17. Watched many of both of their games. I feel very, very um, um, educated enough uh, to, to make this call. And right now, I will say what Brady did, even though I still think Atlanta choked, but Brady still had to make, make the throws and keep the team motivated, even down three, four scores, and, and kept chipping away and getting back into the game. And when they got the ball to overturn, and, and, and JB and I will tell you all, at no point did we think the game was over because we were sitting right next to each other in my mom's living room watching the game, and we just kept looking at you like, this game ain't over yet. Tom Brady ain't going out like that. Nope. If they lose, it ain't going to be because Tom Brady don't make a run. We're sitting there waiting on the run. Now, it came later than I thought, but we knew he was going to make a run. So, you know what? I got to respect that. I got to respect seven Super Bowls by 39 and looking like he could play for another few years, and I will see if that's true or not, but I got to respect that. So I'll give him the edge, but it's a slight edge. But here's the bigger question, because I'm seeing this thing now, which is really getting on my nerves, because I think it's blasphemy. I'm going to start with Dr. Train on this one for a reason. Now I'm hearing people saying that Tom Brady is the most clutch athlete ever 
even over Michael. That's what people are saying. To that, you say what? Oh, I'm sorry. Dad, I say next question. <laughs> What's next? Uh, uh, part two. Can we start, part can two we start with these jokes? Is it, is Some people jokes are saying he's the greatest athlete of all time. Is this Lab Tuesday? I didn't, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling at your response and lack thereof. I was. <laughs> I, I mean, what are these people? Oh, man. What are these people? Somebody help me here. What are they smoking? <laughs> Greatest quarterback. Let's stay in that lane. Gotcha. Greatest quarterback of all Next time. Up. Gotcha. When you start going outside of that and start talking about him, first of all, first of all. He, he is not the greatest football player of all time. Never mind the greatest athlete no. of all time. Okay, no, so let's just, let's just, let's just, it's just insanity that people are giving him all of those accolades because he's not. I'm sorry. I know the quarterback position is the hardest position to play, but what I, I argued on one thread when someone said that he was the greatest quarterback, I mean the greatest football player, and I said, no, I'm sorry. That would go to Jerry Rice. And he said, no, because football, quarterback's a harder position. I said, well, here's my argument to that. Look at, look at Brady and then look at who's underneath Brady and look at those quarterbacks, Montana, um, uh, Peyton Manning, um, Brett Favre. You know, we can go on and on, right, underneath him and, and look at the gap. And then look at Jerry Rice and then look at the gap of a T.O., of a Randy Moss, of a Marvin Harrison, of a Chris Carter. To me, the gap is huge. To me, Jerry Rice Rice is just in another stratosphere over every other one. And I'm a T.O. fan, but Jerry Rice is on another level to every other wide receiver that ever played the game. Where Tom Brady is just better, but not on another level. He's just better. That's the difference. In an era where the defensive, where the, where the D-back, the defensive backs could put hands on you. They could right. put hands on you. They could steer you wherever they wanted to steer you. Yet, he would catch everything coming his way. And, and he would not. And play, and play think against about, the greatest. Think <laughs> about the routes that he ran, too, though. Think about the routes that he ran. He ran all of them. He ran all of them. Yeah. He ran 15 and in. He ran slants. He ran posts. He ran across the middle where defenders are just licking their chops, waiting to just give him a good, clean old shot. Like you said, in an era where you can get away with a lot of those hits, in an era where you don't have a five-yard holding penalty like the Falcons had numerous times in the second quarter, you don't have that kind of stuff. You have clean shots, clean shots. Not to mention, this dude tore his ACL, came back and was still balling, 30s, in his 30s. Now, you tell me a man better than that, and I'll be listening, because there ain't one out there. He is the GOAT, no doubt. No doubt. Now, K-Star, your thoughts on any of this? Are you in line with your Madden voice brethren, or are you on the other end of this argument? Because sometimes, K-Star, you, you go off the deep end with some of your positions, so you, you've been kind of quiet over there. What's up? Would, would you pull out no Terry Brown no, or Harris or John Stallworth or – Lynn Swan or Mike Weston, don't you pull none of that out now? I never have. I'm, 
I've been I've been consistent in that Tom Brady is the goat. Um, but I did have a post that that said this. It was, you know, the two greatest athletes I've ever seen in my lifetime are these two uh, athletes, Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with putting him uh, Brady over Michael Jordan. I think that it's that's a little insane uh, and more prisoner of the moment type. But I mean, absolutely, Michael Jordan of football. I would say that's definitely uh, true. You know, but he, MJ's MJ, man. I mean, Jim, MJ's sheer perfection in so many different ways um, from how he left the game, came back and still was MVP, you know, and, and his clutch moments we'll never forget uh, in the NBA Finals. I mean, so, no, I'm not I'm not suggesting Brady's now Eclipse Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete in sports history. Uh, uh, so what was let – me, let me find your post now because you sitting over there, you ain't talking out of both sides of your mouth, are you? Let's see here. Let's just make sure because we know how we know how you can be. Let's see. The moment of validation has uh, arrived. Yeah. Okay. Hold on here. I'm looking. I'm looking. At, you know. Uh, did you delete it? Because I don't see it anymore. No February fifth. Greatest athletes ever witnessed. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. Not close. Wow. What a Super Bowl. Oh. Okay. Greatest athletes ever with Tom Brady. But it's not. It's not close. Yep. Okay. Between the really two, are the rest. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, and I would remind everybody who wants to even think about putting Tom Brady in the same discussion. Tom Brady can't play defense. Period. He goes, runs the offense, goes sit on the sideline. Michael Jordan plays both ends of the court and played both ends of the court. Great, like nine-time All Defensive Team. So I mean, it, it just it, even to even to say someone is the Michael Jordan of something has become a measure of greatness. But it doesn't mean they're Michael Jordan. It's more of a figure of speech to say, oh, he's the Michael Jordan of football. He's the Michael Jordan of hockey. He's the Michael Jordan of boxing. It's just a level of greatness because we know Michael is yep. the greatest of all time. But it don't mean that Brady is on the same level as Michael Jordan, period. And, and, and see, there's another element that, you, that, you spit, that you've been spewing for the past three, four years on this, on, on, on this show. And that's head coach and quarterback. And you put them two together for a reason. And I'm yes, sorry, sir. I don't think there's a Tom Brady without a Bill Belichick. I really don't. So as much credit as people want to give Tom Brady, I really give the same credit to Bill Belichick. Because he was just, I mean, <laughs> he, he, was, he won games. I mean, literally, Tom Brady gone for a season. And they probably, and I think they fell one game short of making the playoffs. And they had a 10-6 record. Under a backup quarterback, and then he's three and one when Tom Brady is out this year. Yeah, oh, it was eleven and five. It was eleven and five, and they missed the playoffs on a backup quarterback. That's when the AFC was man out of control with the amount of wins they had. It was ridiculous. But yeah, yeah you know, and, so, and, yeah, and you and you and you're absolutely right. Something that I've been spouting for quite some time is the quarterback head coach combination for a reason. Um, they are the poster child for that statement. You know, they've both been together. Um, one hasn't done it without the other. And I have to agree with you that, you know, while, you know, I would wonder, you know, and that, that kind of goes back to Joe Montana, who went to Kansas City and took a, a nowhere Kansas City team to the playoffs, okay, mm-hmm. uh, late in his career, you know, where we haven't seen Tom Brady, you know, Brett Favre for that matter, you know, mm-hmm. you know went and took another team to the playoffs, you know. So, I mean, um, 
you know, that's something. And, and I'm not saying – I'm not trying to take anything away from Tom Brady, but we, he has had the luxury of being in the same system with the same head coach for 17 years. That does help. I'm not saying everyone who does that is going to be successful. Don't, don't mishear me. But it certainly helps to know that the offense is going to be the same, even the coordinator changes, <laughs> you know, because the head coach ain't gone nowhere, you know. And, and we know Bill Belichick's rule is law, you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it just, you know, I think and one of y'all said, I think Case you said prisoner of the moment. People got to stop being a prisoner of the moment and just get caught up into the moment. And, 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 and Case so you've been known to do that. So I'm actually impressed that you're not falling into that because you've been known to do that. You're quick to come out with greatest of all time, going to the Hall of Fame and all these proclamations off of a short sample size. And not that Brady's a short sample size, but I'm just saying, let us not be captured by the moment and forget the 97 career, uh, 97 history of football, because Brady's having such a great run and doing some things that have never been done before. I give you credit. I give him all the credit in the world. That's why I think he has edged out Montana as the greatest. But you do have to look at the overall scenario and you have to say, it's nice to be with the same team the entire 17 years. It's nice to have the same head coach the entire 17 years. That does help. You know, nobody, nobody else that we talk about can say that yet. Maybe, maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers at some point might be able to say that. We'll see. Maybe Ben will be able to, well, no, Ben can't say that because he had um, power. So Ben can't say that. Ben's had two coaches. Eli's had two coaches, you know, so we'll see. But you got to, you, you, you can't recognize that greatness without understanding some of the underlying factors of that greatness. I kind of wish we could see Brady go to another team and see, is he that good where he could go to, not Cleveland, because Cleveland's just in the dumps, but a team that's on the verge, like a Tampa Bay or an Indy or a team that's right there on the cusp, a, a, a Houston. You know, could Brady go in right now and turn that team into a Super Bowl contender? We're not going to see that, but that would be, that would be what I would like to see. I've seen other great quarterbacks do that. Montana, Favre, you know, we've seen other great quarterbacks do that. But we haven't seen and may not see Tom Brady do that. And that, to me, is another level of greatness, you know, that, that he won't get a chance to show. All right, let's see. Let's see what I had left here. Wrote up a few notes here. Covered that, covered that, covered that, covered that. Oh, wow covered almost everything. How about that? Um, almost everything. T, well, I wanted to bring up real quick that I thought about earlier, but uh, now that the Patriots have won, obviously they're going to the White House to uh, be congratulated by President Trump. I don't know if you heard, but there's some folks that aren't planning on attending, like uh, I believe a Martellus Bennett and I think a Devin McCurtry. Doesn't McCoy. sound like neither person plan on yep. attending. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Since we have had a, a, a bit of a political slant on the show the last couple of weeks, I think it's it's the uh, uh, perfect timing to uh, to bring that up real quick. Uh, you, you know, I have mixed feelings on it because um, Tom Brady, um, the last Super Bowl they won, didn't go to the White House and meet uh, Barack Obama. Um, I know James Harrison with the Steelers also didn't go um, to the White House and uh, um, meet Obama. Um, You know, so this isn't the first time that this has happened. In all fairness, 
to McCordy and to um, uh, Michaelis Bennett. Um, it is their choice. It is their right because of the country we live in is freedom of choice. You don't have to go. My initial thought is always going to be the same is respect the office and go to, to represent your team and respect the office. And it's a once in a lifetime chance to go and meet the guy who is the president, whether you like him or not, he's president. He's going to always go down and he's going down in history as the 45th president of the United States. You have if I had a chance to go meet him, I would be there in a second under any circumstances. I would love the opportunity. Anyway, that's another discussion. Um, <laughs> so, so that's my first thought. I can't, I can't in all fairness, cause this has happened before immediately attach it to everything that's going on in the news and all of the stuff that President Trump has done in the few weeks he's been in office because this has happened before, so it wouldn't be fair. But that said, I know that these two black men are not going specifically because of some of the things that have been going on in the White House and some of the things that this president has done. I know that. McCordy left the statement, and Bennett ain't one to shy away. Neither of the Bennett brothers are one to shy away. So, so they are making a stand, and I, I, think, I think what society has to, has to realize is and have to come to accept is um, we have a problem in the White House. I, I don't care if you voted for him or not. I don't care if you agree with him or not. I don't care if you believe in him or not. People have to wake up and realize that we have a problem in the White House, and and when and that affects every one of us in this country. And there are things going on that has to stop. Period. It has to stop because he's not doing this. There is there is an established protocol when you become president. There were forty four in front of you, forty four presidents in front of you, two hundred and forty years of this. You can't go in. And want to shake it up to the point where you're destroying it, right? You can shake up a, a drink to a point, but at some point that drink might explode. And what he's doing now is causing it to explode under the guise of America first. It ain't working. It's not working. And he's got to come down off his high horse and off his perch and be, and be a mature leader of, of us. And say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing this right. And you know what? He don't ever have to say it where I hear it. I don't need him to come on TV and say it. I just need to see it done differently. If you want to put in a ban to protect this country, you got to do it differently. And stop blaming Obama because Obama did not pick those seven countries to stop refugees and immigrants from coming into this country. That's not what he did. And I'm tired of reading that on the Internet because people got to do their research. That is not no, what happened. No, no, no. That is, that they is, they that identify is. those countries for the. You're wrong. Act of Act of Act of Act. I'm not going to nope, react. No, nope, no, nope. I'm not going to. Nope. You're not. No, 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 no. You're not getting away from this. Read the Secretary of Justice press release. And- All right. So you're not going to talk over me on my show. So let's try this again. Okay. Let's see. Are you back yet? Did he hang up like like a little like a little coward? Okay, that's fine. Um, so if he's gonna listen back, Train, are you still there? Still here. I am still JB, here. JB, are you still there? Yes, okay. Waiting so so because business has picked up. No, no, but 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 
K-Star and I have had this conversation, and I have educated him more than once that he is wrong, period. It, this isn't debatable. This isn't, this isn't an opinion. He's wrong. And I don't care how much he tries to spin it. He's wrong. And for Trump to blame this on Obama is wrong. And it's one of the reasons that the country and the world is outraged. Ten states have sued the government. The parliament is sitting over there saying, um, um, I don't want Trump to come to the parliament. The freaking pope spoke out against it. The pope, because it was a decision done by our president. And it was wrong. What he is doing is wrong. His goal, got it. You want to keep uh, uh, immigrants, I'm sorry, you want to keep terrorists out of this country, but you're doing it the wrong way. You're doing it the wrong way. And this is what's causing the most outrage domestically and worldwide. Now, we can sit there and argue about it amongst ourselves. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to K-Star, the little baby who took his ball and went home because he, cause he thinks he's going to come on my show and talk over me. That ain't going to happen. I'll let you get your time in, but you're not going to interrupt me in my mid-sentence because you don't agree with me. You let me finish, and then I give, every, I give everybody a chance. Are, are, are you back, Mr. K-Star? Yeah, bro, you made me Hulk smash my phone. Jesus. Well, well. You're not going to talk over me when I'm making a point. You're going to let me finish, and then I will allow you to make your point. But you're not going to bully me and tell me, no, no, no. That ain't going to happen. You, already, you should know that by now. So give me the same respect that I give you. When I'm done, you want to retort, I always give you guys the floor to retort and say whatever piece you want to say. But ain't nobody going to sit there and shut me down on my show. That ain't going to happen. So let's be clear about that. So just to finish my point, and then I will allow you to retort. Um. There's opinions and there are facts, okay? And what I was trying to state is we've got 10 states suing the government. we got a federal judge that said it was unconstitutional. We've got the parliament over there in England. We've got the pope saying that it's wrong. Everybody else can't be wrong. We're looking like, we're looking like idiots for this. Forget everything else. This one issue of of the travel ban is creating all these problems. This one issue, okay? And the facts are really easy. Those seven countries have never sent a terrorist over here that's done a terrorist attack. That's a fact. Countries like Saudi Arabia have. Saudi Arabia is responsible for 9-11. Were they banned? Nope. That's a fact. Those seven countries were cited by the Obama administration as If you are traveling here from those countries, you cannot obtain a a special visa. You have to go and get a different kind of visa to come here. You can still come, but you've got to get a different kind of visa. That's a fact. And anybody who wants to research it will find that out. There was no ban. Oh, and the other thing that Donald Trump is, is saying that isn't true is that Obama did this in 2011. Uh, No, he did not. There was no Iraqi ban in 2011. What there was was a slowdown in visas in response to two Iraqis who were in this country who were caught planning a terrorist attack. So he responded to a real terrorist threat by by vetting the system. So we're going to slow down processing 
Iraqis coming over because we just caught to trying to blow up something in this country. That ain't what Trump's doing. There's no terrorist attack pending that he found out and therefore he's reacting to. So my point is, is that the president has to be smarter. And if you want to protect us, hey, I'm all for it, brother. Protect this country. But when you've got millions marching against you, 10 states suing you, Republicans speaking out against you, England, one of our greatest allies, talking against you, getting in the fight with Australia, another ally, at some point you got to stop and take a deep breath and say, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> I got to slow down here. And then you send the guy on TV and say, oh, we're putting Iran on notice. What are they, little kids? And you got the Al-Qaeda uh, leader laughing at you? And you've been in office three weeks? Come on, man. This is why we're in a mess right now politically in this country. This is why. And this is why those two guys are saying, hey, <laughs> I ain't going to shake this guy's hand. I'm not going to do it. And I can't blame them for that. And my sincere hope, I don't like Donald Trump, but he is my president. I'm not one of those people that say he's not my president. He is my president. My sincere hope is that he wakes up and realizes that what he is trying to do ain't working. And it's not getting any better. And it's not going to go away. <clears throat> so what are you going to do, Mr. President? What are you going to do? Jay, did I answer your question? Yes, sir. But I like to hear K-Star's rebuttal because oh, yeah. your point has been made. So if K-Star still has something to say, I'm curious to see. Curious to hear what he has to say. The floor is his. Um, well, okay, first, first things first. I don't actually agree with how the ban was deployed in its actual deployment. I do agree that it was done in haste. It was done so without the proper legal uh, advisement. Um, and I do agree that Obama's made sense in that it was, re it was a direct response relative to this one, which is not a direct response. So that I do agree with. Um, as far as the comparing it any more than that, I mean, technically it's not a quote-unquote complete ban, right? I mean, it could still apply through visas, but they have to all get through vetted and it's all a special circumstance, just as it was before when Obama had President Obama had uh, responded to the terrorist threat that happened in Kentucky, which again made sense. I'm in agreement with that. Um, so, but as far as anything else about uh, Martellus Bennett, I think Devin McCourty. First of all, they have the right. You know, they don't have to. They don't have to go. They don't have to shake uh, President Trump's hand. Um, I don't think actually. I don't remember if Tom Brady did or not when they beat Seattle. I think he might have actually missed the uh, White House uh, visit with President Obama at the time. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember or if I'm making that up in my head, but I think something like that did happen. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, they don't have to, you know, that's that's their right, right? I mean, let's be real. They don't have to take anyone's hand they don't want to. And, you know, no one is, is saying that they're wrong for doing it. I mean, who knows if it's for the uh, ban that was put in place or not? You know, it could have been a litany of different other reasons. So I don't, you know, subscribe to it just being based off recent events. It could have been something which they just don't like him or agree with his ideologies or politics or anything of the sort. 
Um, I mean, yeah, like I don't see any argument that suggests that Trump or, or I'm sorry, not Trump, that any athlete has to visit the White House. It's literally optional, and it should be that. Mandating it to be necessity is in itself un-American, right? So, again, I don't have any problems with them not visiting the White House. You know, and, and I asked that question because I wanted to get a little bit of uh, uh, of a discussion around it because personally, whether you go or don't go, I agree with both of you, it's your choice, it's your decision. Uh, I myself, as I've stated on this show in the past, I, I would I would bite my tongue and I would still go no matter how I felt about the president, I would still go just because uh, I don't agree with Trump's decisions or how he handled it. Even if I was um, uh, against Obama and how he handled things, I still would have gone and it shook his hand. So for them to not go or decide that they don't want to go, that's fine. Anyone that forces them to go would be unconstitutional, in my opinion, and, and would be pretty much hypocritical to what America truly stands for. But I wanted to get that discussion out there in the open just because of all the rhetoric that's gone back uh, ever since uh, Trump's inauguration, everything that's transpired, because you never know. Some folks' opinions may sway one way or the other, and that's why I wanted to have a little bit of discussion about it, since it is prevalent and it is point of news. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I check myself yeah, I, real Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, I was curious about the Brady thing, but apparently yeah, he didn't go with that, uh, when they won against Seattle a few years ago. No, he didn't go, and and the, the theory, no, and he, he, no one knows really why. The theory was that Obama had made a kind of a joke about the Deflate Gate thing, and um, it, it, um, and Tom Brady got offended and didn't go. And hey, that was his choice. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. You know, um, you know, I, I, I find it interesting that we also know he's a very good friend of Donald Trump's. That's been well established, and I wonder if there was deeper reasons why he didn't go. Okay, I don't know this for a fact, but you know, when when you have circumstantial evidence towards something, you can't ignore it. You got to just say, hmm. You know, you you blaming a, a. I mean, Obama told the same kind of joke the day that the, the Patriots went, and Belichick and Kraft were right there, and he made some kind of joke about um. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, my joke went flat. You know, something stupid he said. You know, again, deflate bait, you know, deflate gate, that whole thing. So, hey, he's, he, he's making light of something that maybe the Patriots didn't think was funny. Brady was the only one that didn't go. Kraft went. Belichick went. Brady's the only one that didn't go. So is it deeper than that? You know? I don't know. I, I don't know. We know it's deep with McCourty and, and Martellus Bennett. We know that. And based on what we've seen in the last three weeks, I can't blame him. This guy has got to change what he's been doing or we're going to be at war, among other things. And that's not something I want to see. I do not want to see our troops at war again. Not for the wrong reason. Not because we got a hard-headed president that's got an ego. Let's be at war for the right reason if we need to be at war. And the way we're going, it ain't going to be for the right reason. And, and you know what? Tip the cat to to Bennett and McCurtry for just stating how they felt. They could have just said, "Oh, it's kind of misses with my plans that I had," or oh, I could have made a family arrangement. <laughs> yeah, they could have they could have made up a ton of different excuses, but instead they just faced the mic, stated their reason, and left it at that. So 
I applaud them for being forthcoming with their explanation. I, I think it's in this day and age, it's, it's dare I say refreshing. Well, Martellus Bennett, Michael, and Martellus Bennett don't mince words, so I'm not surprised. And I don't no, really know no, they McCourty they well. But I'm still got to recap them because you're right. Yeah. They, they'll say whatever they want to say, but still, right. Uh, you got to give him give him a tip of the cap for it. Especially yeah, Coach, yeah. because you never hear anything from him. I mean, he's quiet yeah. as a library. He plays speech for himself, and you don't hear anything about him crossing a street or doing anything. You hear absolutely squat from him. But he spoke right up. So, yeah, I would right. give more of a tip because of the, the personalities from what we've seen on TV. I would give it more towards McCurphy than I would to Bennett, but I still got to give credit where credit to here regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and there was one other topic that I wanted to um, go for it, touch on before we get out of here. Um, go for it. And, 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 and it's been, it's been simmering since Saturday night and I'm going to jump right on it. Let it come. So, so Terrell Owens did not make the hall of fame. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to make everything political. I'm really not. I'm really not. That's not my intention. But I guess anything's possible. We have a reality TV star who was a real estate developer in the White House. And we got a guy who's widely considered, I mean, it's debatable. But many have him as the second greatest wide receiver ever to play the game. Some have Randy Moss. Some have him. I have him, personally. Some say Randy Moss. I will never put Randy Moss ahead of T.O. Because Randy Moss came out and said, I play when I want to. And T.O. never took a playoff. So, for that reason alone, if you say the stats are similar, I'm going with T.O. Period. And he ain't in the Hall of Fame. And the reason he ain't in the Hall of Fame is because some of these sports writers don't like him because of some of his locker room antics and off-the-field antics. The guy has no criminal records, never been in trouble with, with the police or anything, no domestic violence, no nothing. I heard Stephen A. Smith say that he's known T.O. 10 years and never even heard him swear. I'm like, what? He don't even swear? He that clean? Yep. I know we don't drink. Really? Listen, here's the bottom line. If I didn't love football so much, I would really think about just, just starting something and saying, we ain't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch any more football until T.O. gets in the Hall of Fame. If I didn't love the game so much. So I can't do that. But something needs to be done because this is ridiculous. This is the most asinine, disgusting thing I've ever seen related to pro football. I cannot understand. So you got guys that can go to jail, like Plastico Burris and, and Michael Vick, come back and come back in the NFL, and, and we have a morals clause and all of that, and they come back after going to jail and make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I'm not against that, but I'm saying the NFL is okay with that. That's fine. But a guy who may have said it had some interviews, some questionable interviews, may have said some things that people don't like, and he can't get in the Hall of Fame. And at one point, 
Darren Sharper was on the Hall of Fame ballot. And we know Darren Sharper's serving, you know, 30 years for rape. Multiple accounts of rape. Not just, not just one time. Multiple. Something needs to be done. Because this is a travesty. Anybody, anybody that doesn't think T.O. should be in the Hall of Fame needs to have their head examined. I don't, there is nothing you can say. Donovan McNabb said that T.O. should be in the Hall of Fame. If Donovan McNabb can advocate for T.O. going into the Hall of Fame, then nobody else should matter. They played together for five years and went to a Super Bowl together. And had, a, and had many, many issues. And McNabb has said, T.O. should be in the Hall of Fame. But the sports writers are so butthurt that they can't let him in the Hall of Fame. I hear that James Lofton and Dan Fouts had some things to say that might have been against T.O. getting in. Really? Really? You guys should know how hard it is to perform at a certain level in the NFL consistently. Five-time first-team All-Pro. Every team he played for led them in receiving at least one year. And we know he played for several teams. Yo, something needs to be done. The system needs to be changed. They need to take, they need to make, let it be up to the players, let it be up to the owners. I don't know. Something needs to be done. Have a, have a, a, a guarantee. What are you gonna say? Ray Lewis can't get in because he because he because he got tried for murder, but he did get off. But that don't matter. Arguably the greatest linebacker of all time. I'm curious to see what happens next year. Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, Randy Moss, all coming up next year. What you gonna do? You gonna put Randy Moss in next year, but leave T.O. out? Really? The man who moons fans, who says I only play when I want to. This, this, I, it disgusts me, the sport that I love, that I spend so much of my time promoting. We do this show. I watch the games. I spend my money on football. And then you leave out definitively a top five wide receiver of all time. I don't care who you are. He's in your top five conversation, period, of all time. And you leave him out? And then the word is he may not get in for a few years because people got their feelings hurt. Anybody get their feelings hurt, they should go and make cupcakes and lemonade for a living then. Go do something soft and sweet. Get away from, from anything that has to do with a man's game. It's a man's game. Football, it's a man's game. And we need men around it. And if you can't be a man, step up and say, well, I don't like the guy, but damn it, he's good. You did it to Charles Haley. Five Super Bowls. And he was significant on those teams. And how long did you make him wait to get into the Hall of Fame? Now you're going to try that same crap? Y'all need to come off your high horse, and something needs to be done. I don't know what it is, but something needs to be done because it's disgusting. I'm embarrassed for the NFL. I'm embarrassed. Who's the running back that just got in? Terrell Davis? Terrell Davis gets into the Hall of Fame and T.O. doesn't? Come on, man. That's all I got to say. I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm so disgusted. All right, guys. This is, can, I, can I just piggyback it real quick? I mean, this is what happens when you have journalists who put themselves before the game or what their 
before real journalistic integrity. There's no rational argument as why T.O. is not deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. There's none. I haven't even heard the opposition as to why he keeps being voted out or not voted in. I'm still waiting on that argument. I think those who who, uh, are, are keeping them out, we should know who they are, and they should state why. Like, give us some context, because I don't think there's an argument. And it's disgusting that they're putting their own biases and their own agenda before the game of football. The Hall of Fame is literally about the story of football. It's disgusting. And, and what's disgusting, K-Star, is there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing anyone can do about it. There needs to be yeah. a system of checks and balances. There needs to be something that if, if a guy is clearly, clearly a Hall of Fame candidate, he gets in. And T.O. is clearly Hall of Fame. Ray Lewis, clearly Hall of Fame. Tom Brady, clearly Hall of Fame. It shouldn't even be a discussion. It should be congratulations. You got to sit and have discussion about it. You got to sit there and talk about it and debate it. There should be something that exempts certain people that have performed at a certain level where you can say he's in. And we know who they are. We know who they are. Okay? They, they, I don't want to hear, well, how do you? No, we know who they are. We know Brett Favre was going into the Hall of Fame. We know Ben Roethlisberger is going into the Hall of Fame. A Tony Romo, I don't see it right now. I really don't. Could happen, but I don't see it. He ain't done enough in the postseason for my for my taste for him to be in the Hall of Fame. So that would that no. Ben, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, our four horsemen. You know, all of these clear cut. You know, by the time they're done, and Antonio Brown, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson, yes, dear God, it, 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 there should be something that says you're in. Congratulations. First year of eligibility here. Maybe expand it and have a, a number of slots where, where a certain people, a certain committee, unbiased, can say, okay, let's look at all the, uh, all the first year eligibles. How many are guaranteed this isn't even a discussion? One, two, three, they're in. Okay. We're going to put them in automatically. Now we're going to vote on the other five or four or six, whatever the number is. Something. This is ridiculous. It really is. And it bothers me because we spend a lot of time talking football on this show. We're here every week talking football. We watch the games. We promote the games. You know, we're vested into this game. And now I have to sit here and be embarrassed by this same game. We at least deserve an explanation. I would love an explanation. But you know what they're going to say. I mean, they're going to say, they're going to say because of how he acted in the locker room and all of the stuff that happened with the teams that he was on. That's what they're going to say. That that matters. That the locker room matters. That's what they're going to say. He was on significant playoff teams. I mean, the the Eagles were literally at peak form with Terrell Owens. Like, they were at their best, playing at their best. He played on one freaking leg in the Super Bowl. They, yeah. they had a very good chance of winning the game. Like, that's just so ridiculous. Like, I would understand maybe, maybe if this dude was on only losing team stars his entire career and, you know, they said, okay, it had to do with the locker room and, and him just being such a cancer. But it's like, that's not even true. Like, look at the teams he's been on. He's been on really good football teams, and he was a monster, if not the foremost uh, productive player on that football team in each iteration. 
But I, I, yeah. I'll take it back off of that case. Sorry. Right, let's let's just say if let's say it is true. Let's say it was a cancer. The fact that he put up those kind of numbers day in and day out, basically being the number one receiver on that team, and you talk about the Super Bowl playing one leg, nine catches for a buck twenty-two, and came back early. Wasn't even supposed to play in that game, let alone play at that level. Wasn't even supposed to play in that game. And folks have the nerve to say he's being selfish. It's all about him. He came back to win the Super Bowl. If that's a, if that's yeah, exactly. of the then call me selfish at 24-7-365. Then I'll be selfish like a mud any chance I get if that's the definition of being selfish. Broken leg, comes back early, nine for a buck 22. You can't even script that. But he's selfish. But he's selfish. Everywhere he's gone, he's put up the moments because they know that's T.O. He was in the shadows of Jerry Rice. He came out of those shadows. Still did his thing. I don't care how much of a cancer he was in that locker room. He put up those numbers. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. He should have been in there last year. I thought this year was going to be a no-brainer. But apparently, you do need a half a brain just to get him in there. So I'm about as disgusted as the next person, maybe even more so, because we're talking about the purity of the sport. And now you have to go so far as to question the integrity of the people that actually are doing the votes to begin with. That's the spirit of this. People hate Tio so much, they claim that that Super Bowl and coming early was just narcissistic and just to show that he could do it, not that he was meant for his teammates. That's how insane these people are. That's foolish. The, 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 the guy wants to win. And... That's the bottom line. The one thing I will say, I followed T.O.'s entire career. He was always one of my favorite players. And when he came to Dallas, I called it. When he, when he, uh, he parted ways from San Francisco, I don't know if we were on social media then, but I think we might have been on social media. I said, T.O.'s coming to Dallas. Mark my words. And guess what? He came to Dallas. And he became my favorite player. The only cowboy that I put over him is my favorite is prime time, right? Um, you know, I love Troy and Michael and Emmett and all of them. But, you know, I like attitude. I like uniqueness. I like a guy who says, I'm going to go out and dominate and you can't stop me. And then goes out and dominates and they can't stop him. I love that. I love that part of the game that the NFL tries to douse. I, I And not in a confrontational way, in a competitive way. I love that when T.O. says, get your popcorn ready, and then goes out there. And he says, I got a new end zone dance. You don't want to see it? Keep me out of the end zone. And then in, in 153 times, he got in the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, I love that bravado that he brought to the game. There was one time, and then, then I'm going to move on, but there was one time that he was with the Cowboys, <laughs> And I believe it was Sam Hurd or one of the other wide receivers had caught a big play and was running down the field. And T.O. ran down the field to kind of be the blocker. And you could see T.O. accelerate and was pretty much just running in stride behind him. And then they showed NFL film, showed him on the sideline. And dude said, dude, man, I didn't know you were that fast. And he was like, yo, I can kick it in another gear when I have to. I mean, he was a complete football. He played with the greatest of all time. He played with Jerry Rice. And it rubbed off on him. You know, he, he, he played with the greatest of all time, and he wanted to be that. And damn it, did he not get into the discussion? Now, he's not. Jerry Rice is. But certainly he did enough to be in the conversation. And then this is how you reward his 15 years of putting his body on the line, the Super Bowl and all that. It's just disgusting. But anyway, um, 
We need to move on. I got a long day tomorrow, so we need to roll on out of here. Dr. Train, you've been quiet. You got any final words? Um, the only last thing I will say, man, I saw uh, I saw a clip from Bilicek's uh, press conference, and he got up there and said, uh, in a nutshell, you know, translating and paraphrasing, yeah, this is great and all, but we're five weeks behind in the draft. I was like, dude, really? That's you just came back twenty five points down in the Super Bowl where probably half the people turned off the TV because they thought it was a done deal. Probably one of the toughest ones you had to pull out, and you're worried about the draft for next season. That's why he's so even great. If you, if, hold on. Even if you are, I don't want to hear it in your press conference. I'm sorry. Not this press conference. Not after you just won the game. Let me hear about your feelings about this game, not about the draft for next season. I get the mindset. I just didn't agree with the time. I just think that's why he's so great because he 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 takes a minute, he enjoys it, and then he's getting he. You know, you watch all. He's consistent. You watch every press conference, and they ask him questions, and what does he say? We're on to the next game. We're on to the next game. You know, and I get it. It's the Super Bowl, but. Guy's been there seven times. He knows what it takes better than anybody in history as a head coach. So, you know, I get it, but hey, you know, got to respect it. Guy, you know, can't knock the hustle. Um, <laughs> K Star, any final words? Uh, yeah, sorry for the temper tantrum. That was my bad. Um, definitely should let you finish, and we should all let each other finish regardless because, I mean, honestly, at that point, it gives us the best content anyway. Everyone can <laughs> understand the flow. But that's definitely my bad, T. Uh, I just want to apologize, put that on the record. Um, I, I do want to say that it's really cool that at least the uh, the, the playoffs weren't, you know, so great um, as far as quality of games. I think it's awesome that we got an all-time Super Bowl uh, that we can, you know, watch and Honestly, we'll never forget, especially his first overtime. Uh, I think that's awesome that at least it ended on a high note in that uh, in that degree. And uh, I mean, yeah, this sucks. We were we're about to be in the uh, purgatory, waiting for football heaven in seven months, and um, it's unfortunate. All right, JB, final words. Yeah, I think I'm gonna dovetail off with K Star again because um, you're right. It is the last. Uh, Last game, there's the ultimate game, obviously, and, and we don't have another meaningful game until uh, towards the end of summer into uh, very early fall. However, champions are made in the off season. You start to rally around the ideas of getting to the playoffs after you've won your division. Obviously, that's what you have as your initial goal. Win a division, get home field march on to the Super Bowl. And in the offseason, you get to put your GM hat on and you get to see what kind of talent is out there to bolster your, your roster and start making changes so you can be the one at the end of the season hoisting up that trophy. So I'm curious to see, even though we won't see the helmet on, the pads on, we won't get to see the hits, the highlights, I'm still curious to see who is going to make what kind of changes and what ultimate decisions to better position themselves to make that playoff run, albeit the, the the draft itself or free agency or even some of these um, coaching hires that we've seen, not just the head coaches, but obviously uh, the, even the uh, 
offensive coordinators. I was a little surprised with the Falcons taking Sarkeesian, but it's another discussion for another day. Just really curious to see who's going to do what during the offseason to get themselves in position to raise that Lombardi trophy. All right. Well, the show's going to time out in about 30 seconds. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week uh, for the final show of the season. And at that point, we will talk about offseason scheduling of the Madden Voice. So, tune in next week. We're going to look at the offseason. We're going to look at the uh, look ahead to the draft, look ahead to free agency, look ahead to everything that's going on in the offseason. We'll tell you what we're going to do with the Madden Voice show for the offseason. And uh, look forward to seeing you then. So for K-Star, for Dr. Train, and for Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, we saw, we saw the Super Bowl, and guess what? That feud was settled on the field. See you next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.